With a feared surge of hospitalizations failing to materialize in San Diego, Imperial County has not been as lucky. El Centro has found itself to be a COVID hotspot, affected by cases across the border as well. The El Centro Regional Medical Center asked for aid, and San Diego sent a brigade of ambulances to help keep COVID patients alive. The spike shows yet another inequity in who gets the virus and places that get harder hit. Compared to San Diego, people in Imperial County are at much more risk. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Paul Sisson, you're the health reporter for the Union Tribune. Describe the situation in Imperial County. What happened in the recent days? Yeah, what we had was a, a real surge of, uh, of folks coming into the two uh, main hospitals in, in El Centro and Brawley. That's El Centro Regional Medical Center in El Centro itself. Uh, and then you have Pioneers Medical Center uh, up in Brawley. It's about 13 miles away. Uh, over the weekend, they, they just saw a flood of, uh, of COVID positive uh, patients coming in. Many, more than half, said that they had recently been in Mexicali. Uh, it looks like this was mostly U.S. citizens living in Mexico or um, or other uh, residents, uh, uh, permanent residents who have uh, legal status here coming across the border. Uh, the word has been that the hospitals in Mexicali are overwhelmed. And so uh, they're just sending folks north to, uh, to try their luck uh, in Imperial County. Uh, so that's, uh, that's the scenario that was kind of unfolding and it, it boiled over on Tuesday. Uh, with the chief executive of uh, El Centro Regional announcing on Facebook that uh, he was just going to stop taking ambulance transfers of new COVID patients uh, just to keep his hospital uh, from becoming overwhelmed. That was also the case at, uh, at Pioneers. They made a joint statement on, on Tuesday uh, that sent a task force of uh, emergency task force of ambulances in uh, from San Diego County, uh, from the San Diego County Emergency Medical Service. Uh, and uh, they, they were uh, they were able to quickly transfer out either by uh, four wheeled ambulance or by um, by ambulance helicopter. Uh, they said that they moved uh, 27 patients out of El Centro Regional alone uh, between I'd say midday on Tuesday and uh, midday on Wednesday, so 27 patients in a 24-hour period. So what are some of the main reasons that things got so bad now? Because it seems to contrast with what we're seeing here in San Diego. Right. Um, you know, uh, it, it really, again, does seem to really connect, uh, you know, as as we've heard in recent weeks, uh, you know, the, there has been a really big um, number of cases down in Mexico. Uh, you know, people will talk about why that is. It's, it's not totally clear, uh, but, but it, it really does appear that this is spilling over the border. Uh, you know, we saw some elevated case uh, rates in, in Chula Vista hospitals here in San Diego County uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and, uh, I, and, and, and we did see our, our local hospitals here in San Diego actually transferring out to their sister facilities. So, uh, for example, uh, Sharp uh, Chula Vista Medical Center was uh, transferring up to Sharp Memorial in Kearney Mesa. You saw Scripps uh, Mercy uh, Chula Vista transferring to other Scripps hospitals. Uh, so, so it's just I think it was just a little more visible in Imperial County because they don't have as much backup. They only have two hospitals. Uh, there's really uh, nowhere else for patients to go when the when the primary two 
uh, start to get overwhelmed. So it's just a lot more visible when you see a, a spike in patients uh, that, that need to exit that county. Whereas here in San Diego County, we, we probably saw something similar from spillover from, uh, from Tijuana, but you had a lot of other hospitals in our region uh, that were able to kind of quickly and seamlessly take up that slack in a way that's just not as easy in Imperial County. Mm-hmm. It makes sense when just considering the population differences. There are just so fewer people in Imperial County, so you wouldn't have that infrastructure to handle a true surge. But San Diego was mostly able to absorb what it saw kind of in the past several weeks. Yeah, we've got 24 hospitals here. So, uh, you know, there's just a lot more. You know, I think they have a joint bed capacity in Imperial County of under 300, where we've got over 6,000 here. Um, Of course, we've got over 3 million people, and they've got under 200,000. So there is a big population disparity as well. But uh, there's just less immediate close backup there. Mm Mm-hmm. So you actually, uh, you know, spent some time inside the medical center. When you describe what it was like there? Right. Uh, we went out yesterday uh, and got a tour of the ER and the ICU, and we actually even ended up on the uh, on the helicopter uh, pad up on the roof for a bit yesterday. Um, it was pretty calm when I was there, honestly. Uh, the, the folks that I talked to, I, I got a, I got a good tour from. Uh, from the, the nurse manager who, who runs the uh, the emergency room, and she said that uh, you know it had calmed down a bit as they started to transfer people out. It was just pulling people out of the hallways, I guess. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they they had enough patients where they were they were having to put a lot of patients in hallways on chairs in the ER, uh, and they were doing a lot of critical care in the emergency room where you have emergency uh, nurses uh, often. Managing ventilators and emergency patients down in the emergency room, which is really not usually uh, how things go. Usually, if you need a ventilator or something like that, that's an intensive care function. It goes upstairs, and you have a whole team of intensivists and and critical care specialist nurses who tend to to handle uh, that kind of work. So, so really, what it what it did was it. inundated the hospital enough to kind of force ICU functions down into the emergency room. Mm Hmm. And uh, also, San Diego uh, sent some ambulances in. When you kind of explain how that all went down? Right. So, uh, you know, when the San Diego EMS service started hearing this cry of, for help out of Imperial County, uh, they quickly worked with AMR. Uh, uh, ambulance company who they're under um, contract with. And, uh, you know, they were just able to scramble. I'm not exactly sure how many ambulances uh, were sent out from San Diego County, but they, they were just able to quickly send them right to the hospitals that needed the help uh, and then start working uh, with what they call the base station so that they could uh, kind of, you know, when somebody calls 911, uh, a responding paramedic will call into the hospital and let them know they're coming. And so they're, they're just able to kind of work with the existing base station infrastructure at these at these critical hospitals in Imperial and just very uh, quickly say, okay, we can take that one and that one and that one. And they, they were just going through, from what I understand, based on whether or not a patient was in good enough shape to be, to be transported. Uh, and then, you know, what we saw yesterday was a fair amount of triage uh, between the air ambulances and the ground ambulances, and they were looking very uh, closely. You know, you had a lot of uh, air nurses coming in, you know, with the wings on their chests and, and talking with the uh, with the frontline nurses at, at uh, uh, El Centro Regional to kind of try to figure out, okay, who 
who is in the worst shape right now? Let's take them by air ambulance. And, and right before our eyes, often it would slide back and forth. One minute it would seem like this person was going by air and this person was going by ground. And then, you know, they would have another conversation and look at the oxygen saturation numbers and other, other factors, of course, and, and decide, no, no, we need to actually send this person out uh, by air ambulance. So it was, you know, a very fluid kind of dynamic situation that, uh, I don't know, it seemed from watching it uh, to work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, it's like the medical system kind of has to go into super triage mode to handle situations like this, because those, you know, more rural areas with not as much hospital capacity are really at risk for, you know, not being able to save people's lives if everything happens at the same time. Right. You know, this is uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a microcosm. This is a microcosm of what we really don't want to happen uh, in a lot, in a large scale in San Diego County, you know, it kind of illustrates just how quickly you can go from feeling pretty good and having a lot of beds available to swamped, you know, and if you, if you end up with enough hospitals swamped all at once, you know, it may not be 10,000 cases, but, but it, uh, it can very quickly lead to a situation where you're no longer able to give people the best possible care. You're no longer meeting your nursing ratios. You're no longer able to get the, the, the perfect monitoring of people on vents uh, that you would really like to have uh, if, you're, if you're doing your, the best possible thing for people. Mm-hmm. And when considering just the you know disparities between San Diego County and Imperial County, was this just kind of everything aligning so a tragedy was averted? Or do you know of any like plans that exist of, you know, just in case tragedy strikes, San Diego County is ready to help out its neighbors? Like, how does that work? Right. Uh, well, in, in this case, um, both of the two uh, hospitals in Imperial County have direct relationships with uh, with large health systems out here uh, in San Diego. Uh, El Centro Regional has a very, very close working relationship with UCSD. Uh, and they, in fact, uh, a UCSD um, group, I'm told, uh, manages their uh, emergency department. And so they regularly collaborate. Um, UCSD sends expertise out to El Centro to help them with some of the um, basic hospital care uh, issues that they need to address. And then um, often when when El Centro Regional needs to sit, needs a higher level, maybe a more rare, what they call like tertiary quaternary care, uh, they will just uh, transfer directly to UCSD. Uh, and that's that's a relationship that's been in, in place for years. So, so when this happens, they already know kind of who to call and that they have really strong relationships. Uh, and, and the linkage uh, for pioneers is with uh, Scripps Health. And uh, once again, another a similar uh, situation where they have years long uh, relationships already in place and kind of an agree a transfer agreement uh, already going. So that when something like this happens, uh, it's very possible that they can just uh, get moving right away. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the health officials kind of in the region were aware of this possibility because when you consider, you know, lower air quality in Imperial County and other socioeconomic factors, it does kind of put people who live there at greater risk of having a worse case of COVID than kind of your statistically average San Diegan. Right. Yeah, there have been some air quality issues in the Imperial Valley, and that's absolutely right. Asthma rates have, you know, historically been higher, I think, and um, that definitely is not what you want uh, if you're dealing with uh, severe respiratory distress uh, due to an invasion of your lungs by uh, the coronavirus. So, yeah, that's absolutely uh, uh, a fragile situation, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Certainly. 
And uh, after experiencing kind of the differences between what happened in El Centro and San Diego, is there any kind of one moment or one thing that kind of sticks out in your mind as like this kind of encapsulates this pandemic that we're living in? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think this is the sixth hospital that I've been in uh, during this pandemic. Um, you know, and it, it seems just really a lot like what you saw in Chula Vista a few weeks ago. You know, a lot of really hardworking people uh, who are dedicated to their jobs and who are willing to put themselves at risk to uh, to serve people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very humbling to, to be there and see what people are willing to do. You know, when you see somebody pulling on, uh, you know, in, in El Centro, it got intense enough that they, they actually decided to have their entire staff uh, wear the yellow full Tyvek suits. And that's not something I've really seen in, in any other of the other hospitals I've been in out here in San Diego County. Um, but, you know, you just feel like, geez, these people are really seeing what this disease does. And um, I think it's a shame sometimes that maybe everybody in the public doesn't always get a chance to witness that. Um, it's, I think there can be a little disconnect in the public because you don't see COVID going down the street. What you see is a nice, uh, you know, sunny outdoors and, uh, and, and COVID is um, largely invisible in many cases. Mm-hmm. Certainly those, you know, we have a, deci- a society have decided to kind of, you know, keep medical care, you know, under a lot of privacy. So in this tragedy that is playing out in hospitals, the public only really gets to see through eyes like yours, Paul. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a tough situation. You know, people need to have their privacy protected, um, but uh, but people also need to see what this really looks like in the real world. Um, if you want people to social distance and keep doing that after two months of having already done a pretty good job of social distancing, I, I think it's pretty clear that you need to be able to see, you need to open up a window and show people what this is really like. Mm-hmm. Kind of need that uh, ghost of Christmas future kind of, thing to really convince people so with the situation in el centro where does it stand now is the surge abating or is it going to continue yeah you know i just talked to them by email uh, a little while ago um it looks like they, they have just started to assemble the uh the field uh it's like they see it's a more like a medical station rather than a full hospital that's going to take some of the uh, pressure off of uh of the two hospitals out there uh, stable COVID patients who would otherwise be transferred to a nursing home will be able to go to this uh this uh, uh medical aid station that's going to be set up in, in the gym of a uh, community college out there um it sounds like it's still pretty steady, uh, but not quite as overwhelming as it was a few days ago. Uh, it's a little unclear exactly why that is. Uh, we've got a reporter, Wendy Fry, who's looking into what's going on a little more closely in the uh, Mexicali hospitals today. So uh, stay tuned on that. We should, I think, have something in uh, in tomorrow's edition and online even sooner in terms of a little deeper probing of you know what's coming how much of this is out of Mexicali. Uh, you know, we should note as well that, that there is a fair amount of uh, of homegrown transmission, it appears, going on uh, in Imperial County. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think that's, it felt yesterday like people were saying it was more of a steady state, that it wasn't quite going crazy like it was over the weekend. But, but you know, as we've seen in, in Chula Vista, you'll, you'll see uh, numbers ramp up pretty steeply and then kind of level off and come down. You know, it seems like a bit of a roller coaster right now for hospitals on the border. So uh, I would hesitate to predict very, very far in the future exactly how this is going to go. 
Mm -hmm. Certainly. And with, you know, different cities, different countries, we're in a really unique situation here at the border and things could easily change one way or the other. Right. Uh, you know, but uh, I also think that it, this really um, has illustrated that this is, uh, you know, all one community. I, you know, I grew up here in San Diego and, uh, and I've always kind of felt that way. And I think this is a real uh, illustration that, that, you know, separating these two communities is pretty impossible. Mm-hmm. All right. Paul Sisson, thank you so much. Thank you. And now your coronavirus update. On Wednesday night, San Diego County got the green light from the state to progress more deeply into stage two of reopening, which means restaurants and stores can start welcoming customers inside. It will be far from business as usual. On Thursday, county officials laid out what residents and employees can expect at these newly reopened locations. At restaurants, employees will have their temperature taken every day, and employees with symptoms cannot work. All tables will be six feet apart, or barriers will be present between tables that are too close together. Customers will see signs reminding them to socially distance and wash their hands. Some restaurants may expand their footprint to include outdoor seating. Employees and customers will be required to wear facial coverings, but customers can remove them once they are seated. There will be no self-service areas like salad bars and soda machines, and reservations are encouraged. Customers should expect temperature screenings at certain locations as well, and face coverings must be worn at all times in retail settings. The number of customers allowed at individual shops is likely to be limited. County officials clarified that a number of businesses must remain closed, including hotels, gyms, hair and nail salons, and pools. Religious services and sitting on the beach are still prohibited. County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher stressed that as the region reopens more businesses, community members must continue to practice the habits that stop the virus from spreading, like wearing face coverings, washing hands, and staying six feet from those they don't live with. The county also reported 175 new COVID-19 cases and 11 more deaths. The new cases represent about 4% of the 4,722 tests conducted Wednesday. To date, 6,315 residents have been diagnosed with the novel coronavirus, and 241 have died. The most recent victims, seven women and four men, died between May 14th and May 19th. They were between the ages of 51 and 100. All but one had a pre-existing health condition. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the coronavirus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.